Hello, and welcome to Cross Life Church in El Dorado, Arkansas. We pray that this message from our lead pastor, Chester Passmore, will encourage and challenge you in your walk with Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening. Jackie to stand up here and just tell you a little bit about uh, 2019, what, what she, what God did, and what's going to happen in 2020 with kids ministry. If you want to be seated just for a second, you can do that real quick, and then we're going to bless these kids and let them go to children's church. These are your babies, but these are my babies too. Um, we had a great 2019. Um, every time that we get to come to church, whether it be on Sunday morning or Wednesday, it's a great day because these kids, and some of these are new faces that I'm just seeing, and I'm so thankful that they're there. Um, they're hearing about the Word of God, and they're learning what it's like to pray for people and to go and to seek God if they're afraid because they have problems just like you do. They have issues in their homes. They may not um, tell it out loud, but it's in their heart. And every Sunday morning before we, um, when we're during our prayer time, we sing a song called Change My Heart, Oh God. Because you see, we all wake up. Sometimes we have anger issues. Sometimes we have a smart mouth. Do we have smart mouth sometimes? Yeah, we do. We all have to raise our hand all the time. Uh, for all of the things. And when that song is playing, you can look around. And what used to be our puppet stand, it's all cleared off. And that's our altar. And we close our eyes to block out the world because we know that if we're looking at somebody else that for entertainment, we're not searching God. And so they will just lay face down and they're emptying their hearts to Jesus because they know he is the one that's going to give them their answers and that he's going to protect them. I'm just going to kind of give you a, um, a little outline I know it looks long, but it's really not. Um, it's a fresh new year. That was what God gave me last night. And um, my, it was actually a question to myself was, and, and maybe to you, is what do I want to do for Jesus this year? What do I want to do? What do you want to do? Um this little paper, they haven't seen it yet, but um, it's something that we're going to do uh, today, and it's what I want to do for Jesus. Is it to read my Bible more? Is it to go to church? Is it to pray, uh, obey my parents, to tell my friends about Jesus, to attend Sunday school, and then it even has blank lines, and then it has a place that they're going to sign their name and we're going to date it. Because you see, it's, it's our New Year's resolution, and that's what we're going to talk about, promises and the promises that have been broken, 
Maybe somebody's made a promise to them and broke it. Maybe they've made a promise to somebody and broke it. But we know that God will never break a promise. And so this is the type of lessons that we're going to be having. Uh, we're looking forward this new year to starting back. Uh, actually, this coming Wednesday, Wednesday uh, the 8th, we'll start back our Wednesday night children programs. And they start from 5.30 to 6.30. And the young ones are, uh, let me see, from kindergarten to second grade. And they're called Cool Kids for Christ. Uh, raise your hand if you are in Cool Kids. Who are who, some of y'all raise your hand? Good deal. All right. And we want to see more come in that class. And I know they do. And their teachers are Miss Emily Carelock, Carrie Jo Pennington, and Tricia Jackson. And my Holy Land Academy uh, class is the older class and we're third grade through sixth grade and my helpers are Miss Pat Stringfella if you're Miss Pat she's over there in the corner uh, Miss Gina Massey Michelle Graves uh, St Mr. Steve Graves he's our popcorn man uh, Mason and Kaylee and myself and you think well that's a lot of teachers it takes a lot of teachers um, then in February, we'll be having a Valentine's party for our Wednesday night kids. So you'll want to be coming on Wednesday nights. You never know what's going to happen with our groups. In March, uh, where is Braden Huckabee? He asks me this question every Sunday. Where is Braden? There he is. Raise your hand. We are going to the horse ranch March 28th. He asks me that question every week. When are we going to get to go back to the uh, horse ranch? And so that's going to be a day full of fun. They love it. They fish. They ride horses. Um, they do obstacle courses. I can't remember, but they love it. Um, the first week in June, and as I was watching Ethan get baptized again, he is a product from kids camp, and he got saved at kids camp. And we're going the first week of uh, June. And we just want to thank you for uh, helping children get to go. Last year, we had 10 children get saved at Kids Camp last year. Um, the third or fourth week in July is our vacation Bible school. And um, Mr. Jim and Miss Sherry, We've got to have a meeting before long. You see, Mr. Jim, he's going to get—he's going to give us all the outline and tell us what we have to do. And um, I couldn't make it without him, guys. I'm telling you, uh, it's like God can give me a vision and Mr. Jim the same vision, and he makes—he creates it better than I ever dreamed. Because what we want our vacation Bible schools to do is to be as most like in Jesus's time or in Bible times so that when they hear these lessons, these things come to mind to them. It's like reality for them. And that's something that you need to be praying already is how can you help with our vacation Bible school? Um, then in October the 31st, we'll have our Harvest Fest. Something in November that's always dear to my heart because my dad was a uh, World War II um, 
veteran, we honor our veterans as part of our class in Holy Land Academy. And it's something um, that these men, uh, they just need to be honored and thankful that we are able to come and stand in this church today, that we don't have guards outside saying that we can't come in and worship Jesus because it's of all of our men and our women past and future that we have that freedom because of their braveness and um, then in December of course we have our children's program and they did an awesome thing this past uh, in, back in um, December every Sunday we have Sunday school if your children are not coming to Sunday school we would love to have them come to Sunday school they start at 9 o'clock and go to 10 and from 10 then they come into children's church our uh, kindergarten and first grade group are in miss pat stringfellow's class miss pat raise your hand back there there she is um our second and third graders go to miss carolyn mccurry miss carolyn are you in here there she is back there she is and our fourth, fifth, and sixth graders are in Miss Shelley and Mr. Nick Ray's class. Yeah. Hey, there they are. Raise your hand if you are. Yeah. And so um, and then my helpers in Children's Church, if you start listening, you're, you're going to start hearing, I keep saying the same names over and over. And maybe that's something that you want to pray about, that could you give one of our helpers like a break that they could come and sit in worship service because they're in, they're always in there. They're always in everything that we do. They're with, they're with these children. Um, my helpers in Children's Church are Miss Pat Stringfella, Miss Gina Massey, Miss Michelle Graves. When she's able, we really will be praying for her today. Is Miss Michelle in here? No, I heard she was going to try to come. But anyway, she's fixing to be having knee trouble. I mean, knee operations here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Miss Lordana is right there. Miss Lordana Rivers. Uh, Steve Grays, my husband Randy, and Mason and, and Kaylee. It's an honor to stand um, and a privilege to do what God has called me to do. Our goal is to teach your children about the love of Jesus and how to ask Jesus to come into their hearts and how to share and to show the love of Jesus to his children. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. You can just be there for them and love on them, and they can feel that. Um, my prayer every Sunday morning as I drive up here I call these my peeps up here, so that's their names, it's my peeps. And so I pray, God, let them see you and me every time they see me. Let the words that come from my mouth, let that be your words. And God, that they see and hear you, Lord, through me. That they don't see Miss Jackie that has faults just like everybody else but they see somebody that loves them for who they are. Um, we prepare them with a solid foundation on the Word of God. We teach them through our worship, our prayer time, 
they will lay hands on people. All you have to do is just get them focused now because we may pray for a dog or a turtle or something, you know, but when you get them focused and say, okay, this is what we're praying for, you better believe that they believe that God is exactly who he says he is. And once they pray about it, they don't worry about it. And just this past weekend, one of my grandsons that lives in Oklahoma, he's told me four times this year um, that he's going to be a missionary because he wants to go all over the world and give everybody a Bible in their language to tell people about Jesus. He just turned seven on December the 28th. And he told me, he said, Mimi, you know, I'm going to have to find a really good job because it's going to take a lot of money to get all of that. And I said, you're right. I said, but you know, Luke, if God is in that, he will supply the money for you to do that. And he said, Mimi, do you, do you really have faith in Jesus? And I said, I do. And he said, if you really have faith in Jesus, you know, you don't have to worry about things. I thought, you know, we can learn from children. We can learn from children. Um, they learn through prayer. They seek God through prayer. They're learning how to be servants. We're teaching them how to be a servant. You know, not everybody is in the limelight. And it's the people that's back that you may not ever see doing something that they have that same love for Jesus as you do. And we're teaching them how to be servants for his kingdom. Mr. Randy trains a lot of them to do the media so that when they're in the youth, they come up here and they're ready to help uh, with the media. Uh, that's what I meant to say, with the media. Let's see. And this is one thing that I love to tell them is, and I always think about Timothy, is that just because that they're young doesn't mean that they can't carry out what God's got planned for them. That they can set an example and make an impact on those that are around them and even those that are in their home and that are close to them. And I, I know my kids are probably ready. They know what's waiting downstairs. And um, I just personally want to thank all of my volunteers that help. For those that give money to help these children get to go places. But those that give of your time to come and to show and to share Jesus to a child. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. I truly do. Because when I look at them... I see them sitting where you're at one day. And there's just, I can't wait. I hope God lets me live long enough that I get to see these things. And Mr. Steve Graves, wherever he is, we were talking early this morning about how old we are. And so uh, five years ago, I, in 2015, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I never truly had fear. And I went through chemo, went through radiation. I lived a month and a half. And in fact, um, this coming Thursday, January the 9th, was when I came back home from uh, Little Rock from having radiation. And so that will be um, almost five years that that took place. But we were talking and, you know, I wasn't afraid, and God, I stand here before you, a healed person going on five years, cancer-free. 
I wasn't worried about me. I was worried about my peeps that were left here. And my teachers would send me videos inside Children's Church. And I would lay there and weep because I wanted to be there with them. And, um, but Mr. Steve and I were talking and he said, you know, when you really feel old, as he said, when you see kids that I'm, you know, then you see them as parents. And I said, hey, I can go way back further than that. I said, I had the Ballard children one time. I had the Hobson children. There was five in each family. And I watched them. I had them in class because Randy and I taught Sunday school. I watched every one of them grow up, and then I started, when they got married, I started seeing them bring their children into children's church. I've watched all of them do that. But you know what? I don't think that I'm old. I think that I'm blessed that I get to see what God is doing through children. We're going to take just a couple of moments. As everybody, go ahead and make your way back to your seat. We're going to, uh, thank you, Shashay. Hallelujah. We're going, you can be seated, and we're going to uh, give you a report, several reports today. You're going to hear from several people throughout the church about what God's been doing in uh, 2019 in their ministry and kind of what they have looked forward in the future. And I'm going to briefly at the end just give a small little vision talk. We had a team to go to Sibiki, New Mexico uh, for missions on the White Mountain Apache Reservation. And so I want Pastor Cleegee just to say a few words about that. She's got a couple of people who are going to testify quickly about that. Would you give Pastor Cleegee a hand? First of all, I want to say that I want you to see what I'm saying. I want you to see what I'm about ready to tell you about Civic Q. Um, it snowed 33 inches the day after we got there, and uh, we got some uh, time to play in the snow, but the snow is a purifying of the land for what God's pouring out into Civic U. Um, there's a couple of things that Ramona Hill texted me last night and asked me, to make sure that I tell y'all. So the day that we distributed two Walmart trucks full, but we had a short time to do it because we were snowed in. So we did a lot in one day. All up until it was dark, we were working in the dark. But the next day when we went to distribute, there was people waiting out line, and this always happens, but I saw it differently, and it was the elderly, like ancient, ancient nation, and they were waiting out in the cold to get these supplies, okay? It was like five degrees. And um, when they came through, the gratefulness in them and what it meant to see you again, to go back 
is making an impact. And it's such a plowing of the ground. They're so forgotten about. They are so forgotten about. It's like shift on steroids. There's, they got issues and, and drugs and all kinds of stuff and, and good families and, and crazy families. But they're just like us, except for this, they're forgotten about. But I'll tell you somebody that has not forgot about them, and that's the Father. He has not forgotten them. And my heart is so in it right now. We saw a five-year-old girl come through on a walker that had cancer, and her brother had dyslexia. And she was making herself walk. The doctor said that she would never walk. And she was walking, and she said, I prayed to Jesus that I get a bicycle. And she walked out of there with that bicycle and her walker. And I know next year we're going to see her riding that bicycle. We had 51 bicycles. And there were kids going out of there crying, you know. But 51 was good. They either got a lot of gifts or they got a bicycle. Guess what, Cross Life? We're taking 300 bicycles to Sibiquiu in 2020. Yes! 300 bicycles. And um, there was another story that she wanted me to tell you about. I got so much confirmation about being there. But there was a guy in a camouflage jacket, and he looked like, you know, he'd been using and doping or whatever. And he had gotten all his supplies, and he helped his grandmother get her supplies. And um, he went by individually to shake everybody's hand. And when we were driving down the mountain and around and all that terrain and everything, we pray, God, anoint our hands and these supplies that they would feel your love, you know, and that it would break the stuff. And so he came back and he shook my hand. Tears started coming down his face and tears started coming down my face. And he said, I can't thank y'all enough because nobody does this for us. So I want to tell you that it made an impact on me. It's a beautiful place, but it is a mission, and I know that we are right on track. Hi. Okay, so I just wanted to pinpoint some things that just touched me while I was there. The first, the first thing is, if y'all don't know, when we're unloading those trucks, it's a big line from the truck to the gym. So all throughout that morning, I was yelling, amen. <laughs> and our people would say, amen. Well, about midday, they started saying, amen. <laughs> so it kept us all smiling. And um, during one of our five-minute breaks during that day, I ran to the playground. I'm trying not to get emotional. <laughs> and I, uh, I met this little girl named Kalani. And she just wanted to play. So I ran out there and I played with her and then I had to go back to the truck and, you know, work. So I was like, honey, I got to go back to the truck. And so I went back to the truck. Well, the next day she came and found me 
and she stayed with me the entire day, and she just loved on me the entire day. I probably got a hundred hugs, <laughs> but uh, and I, 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 ha- I had the time to look around because it was so busy and just see how broken these people were, and they just wanted to be loved on, and so we had an elderly lady come through as well, and I just asked her if I could hug her, and she said yes, and I hugged her, and she didn't want to let me go, and she just said, thank you, honey. I needed that, and uh, there was another man named Trevor, and he came through, and me and Tiffany had the worship music at our station, so we're dancing and worshiping, and he's just looking at me, and I said, do you want to dance, <laughs> and he said, yes, ma'am, so he grabbed me up, and we danced for a second, and then he just kept coming around smiling, so I think just us pouring our love on these people meant more than anything, meant more than the gifts and the things that they got, and that was my take from it. Um, On that first day, I was playing worship in the line where we were uh, distributing, I mean, not distributing, but unloading the trucks, and the first thing that really got me was We were worshiping and kind of dancing in line as we're passing the stuff. And then soon the people all around us just started singing and dancing, you know. And some of the songs would have the gospel, you know, preached into it. So they were hearing that too. And the Lord was just like, we were in the gym. He's like, you're setting that atmosphere for revival because they're singing my word. They're hearing my word. And you're putting putting worship into this place. So that really got me. And then um, when we were passing out this year, it was a little slower than last year for me because I got to talk to a lot of them and actually get to hear their story and to pray for them. Um, And one guy, we were putting we love yous on the cans of soup that we were doing, and he just came around with tears in his eyes. He's like, I love you too. And so that just really got me. Um, There was another lady I got to pray for, and um, one of her siblings stabbed her son, and she was going to college. And the reason she was going to college is because they said they would go to school together. So she was like, I'm finishing school in remembrance of my son who was stabbed. And it was just like, let me pray for you. Let me give you a hug. Let me do something, you know. And so we really got to just hug them and love on them. And, you know, they were really just grateful. You see men with tears in their eyes about how thankful they were. And it just really blessed me. It got me really hard this year. So I thank him for that. Amen. Amen. Give them a hand. Steve and Dana, would you come up here? There's a specific request I want you all to begin to pray about Civic U. There's a gymnasium that we do all this in. That gymnasium is, is uh, it's adequate to do what we're doing, but it doesn't have electricity. They were unloading the trucks when they got dark that second night because they do all of it in one day because they got snowed out, couldn't get down there the day before. Unloading the trucks by the lot of their cell phones. Everybody had their cell phones up and they're unloading these trucks, finishing out what they need to do. If we can... If we can get them to get power in there, 
in that gymnasium, then what that opens up the door is not just to be able to distribute all the goods better, but we're believing that, uh, that maybe even by next year, if they can get electricity and power, that we're going to be able to start having church services in the gymnasium when we go down there. So a practical thing you can pray. God, get that gymnasium remodeled. Get, it, get, it, let, get, get power in there, and let's get the ability to have church in there, okay? So uh, how many of y'all can do that? Good. This is Steve and Dana Young. They oversee our Shit Life program. This is something we started in the year 2019. This is a recovery uh, um, ministry that we have. This is uh, not just a uh, come to a meeting. This is a, a very intensive recovery ministry, the outpatient recovery ministry. Again, it started in 2019. The Share Foundation has partnered with us to be able to do this. They're going to talk more about that. I'm going to give them a couple of minutes to talk to you about Shift Life, what God did in 2019, what they expect to see in 2020. Give them a hand. Good morning, family. Um, We are honored to be standing up here. You know, it wasn't too long ago that it was us needing the help and um, all glory to God for his deliverance power. But the Share Foundation has um, entrusted us uh, for a second year uh, they, we got a second-year grant to carry us through for this year. Um, we launched uh, the program April 7th of last year, so we're going into our 10th month of actually um, working with clients and seeing families transformed. Um, we have been, I've told Steve multiple times, this can be one of the ministries that you want to put your head between your legs and be like, am I doing any good? And then the next day, uh, miracles happen. You know, it's, it's bittersweet a lot of times. But I want to give you some statistics because we're not only a cross-life um, geared recovery ministry. We are a Union County geared recovery ministry. We, we are in partnership with South Arkansas Regional Health, Quapaw, um, ACC. We're trying to get into probation and parole where we can get them um, to start coming to our meetings and, and, and make a difference because we believe that once one mama or daddy gets better and gets well, they're pioneering and breaking a generational cycle and the, the environmental status of their family so that they can move forward and not pass it on to their children. Um, <clears throat> we do believe in absolute deliverance, but we also know that... Um, you know, we're all three-part beings. You know, our spirit can get saved, but we've got some soul issues that we have to deal with. And it's the trauma. It's the, um, the things that, um, that people just don't want to talk about that they carry from, like Miss Jackie said, that kids see things and they, they carry it in their heart. And they grow up to be adults. And if they're untreated, st- stuff like addiction happens. It's, it just happens. But... Um, so we try to encompass all of it. The mindsets, we know that we don't have, we're just a cog in the wheel. We're, we don't have all the answers, but we play a part in a bigger picture. So here's some local stats. We sat in a meeting about a month and a half ago, and this is, this is from the Eldorado uh, Fire Department. Um, their captain gave us some stats and said that they had at least 33 overdoses in Union County in 2019 as of November. And um, that, is the, that is a low number because a lot of those, they cannot, they don't have the proper equipment at the time when they pick these people up to know whether they're just an altered mental state or if they're actually like in an overdose situation. So that, that's a low number, loose, 
a loose low number. And there have been at least seven deaths in Union County from overdoses this past year. So it's, you know, it's always been there. I just think it's um, unfortunately probably affected um, the right people. I hate to say it like that. I mean, I don't know how. Um, there's monies available, and we just we, we want to be there. We want to be a safe place for people to come in, process their pain. We are confidential because we want them to be able, whether it be the Murphy exec that got arrested a few months ago, from white collar to no collar, it knows no bounds. Um, and, you know, Pastor Kleji said something a while ago about, you know, um, that it shift on steroids, but there's no division, y'all. It's it, it affects our family. It's not shift in the church people. Um, and the boundaries have got to be broken down because it's affecting families in every every pew in this church and in every family outside of this church that need the love of God. And it's the love of God that changes it all. And we have to be. We can't be divided. It has to be in unity. But here's some, here's some stats from the United States of America. One in five are sexually molested. Now think about the, look at the people beside you. One in five are sexually molested. One in four are beaten by a parent to the point of a mark being left on their body. One in three couples engage in physical violence. A quarter of us, and I said us, grew up in alcohol, with alcoholic relatives. And one out of eight have witnessed their mother being beaten or hit. These are just, that's just a small range of statistics, and it's sobering. And we need everybody. I'm going to thank my mentors for sure because they play a huge part in what we do. We could not do it without you guys. And um, keep us in your prayers. You know, people ask, what is the vision for uh, Shift Life? Shift Life, the vision is Jesus. That his blood is enough to cleanse the sin of addiction. His addiction is sin. Yes, it is a sin. It misses the mark of the perfect will of God. The vision is Jesus, whose stripes was laid upon his back to heal us of our diseases. Is addiction a disease? Yeah, it is. Not trying to hurt your feelings, but I'm telling you, there are people that are diseased with addiction. But I'm here to say that by his stripes, we are healed. The vision is Jesus, a Jesus who rose from the dead, whose name is greater than any other name. Jesus breaks the back of addiction, but here's the deal, and this is what we contend for, and this is perhaps one of the hardest ministries that I have ever tried to, to, that I've ever felt the leading of God in. And I hope that sinks in and resonates in you because I've been a youth pastor, an associate pastor, a pastor, and a missionary. And I'm telling you, what I do today and try to contend for today in Union County is about the hardest thing that I've ever come up against. It has literally on days makes me just, God, are you sure about this? So, this is what I want to say this morning, is that we have to acknowledge the disconnect between mental belief and assent 
in practical living. The Holy Ghost of God is given to us today to empower the life that Jesus Christ gave us on the cross so that we could live a fully functional, healthy life. How, what are you saying, Steve? I'm saying like this. We can confess that Jesus is Lord and make a mental decision, but it ought to affect our behavior. I'm contending in Union County for what we say religiously about Jesus Christ become practical in our walk. So when the Bible says, let him who steals steal no more, I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost that can take a thief who's been stealing copper to buy meth, that the Holy Ghost can come in, cleanse their sin, break the back of addiction off of them, fill them with a new high, there ain't no high like the most high, and they don't steal anymore. A changed life is proof of the gospel. So if you're still in church struggling with addiction and you hiding a bottle under your bed and you got a crack pipe in your top drawer wrapped up in a sock and little Flip is still on your cell phone and he's your drug dealer, then listen to me, come to shift life and I want to contend with you to make the Jesus you say you believe become real. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. There's power for you. He'll lift you up, up out of your depression, out of the delusion and the lies of the enemy. He'll lift you higher, you can run faster, and they will walk and not faint. There's strength for your feet. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Cleegie. I wanna say this. We're not just talking about what God's gonna do in 2020. We're setting the tone for a decade in the 20s. By the end of this decade, I, I'm just telling you, see, Shift Life is not a ministry for Cross Life Church. This is a ministry God's given us to reach a community. So this is about Union County. This is not about Cross Life Church. I'm telling you, at the end of this decade, way before that, they'll be meeting off campus and it'll be recognized all over the community as a community ministry and not just a cross-life church thing. I want to, seven people who are not alive today because they overdosed is unacceptable in our county. So the vision is for the community. It's not just for the church, amen? So we're gonna reach this community in recovery. All right, I want you to, to uh, welcome Pastor Cleegie. She's gonna to talk to you about shift, what happened in 2019, what she's expecting for 2020. Give her a hand real quick. Hey. 2019, um, like Pastor Steve and Dana said, that we got the grant. And so we had to keep stats and keep numbers, and we've never done that before. So that was a new experience, and uh, it helps you keep track of things a little better. But um, we committed to six outreaches, and I got to writing things down, and we did the reentry awareness outreach, which has to do with incarcerated uh, cycles in Union County Jail, and... Uh, that's what we've come together with Sheriff Foundation, and we are connected in the reentry realm. 
And uh, we, our first outreach was reentry awareness, and that was at um, Old City Park. Then we had the acts of kindness, and we loaded up bags of food, and we all went out and gave out food at Wildwood Park. And then we did the Angel Tree Outreach, which is giving presents to incarcerated children where their parents are incarcerated. And that was a good uh, mission and a blessing because we got to pray for them. A lot of grandparents are raising these kids, and it's real hard. So then we had a relentless outreach and the water balloon war. Uh, Thanksgiving night is always a blessing at shift. Uh, we are a family all the way around, and uh, we've made 200 plates, and we actually hit the streets this year after we had shift inside, and we saw a lot of people that didn't have any food, and we gave out uh, plates on the street. And then we had the Wings of Recovery from Rex McDaniel's church. We had all those men coming at the beginning of the year. And that was a blessing to be able to help him get his little reentry thing going. It kind of gave him a break. And it gave us a chance to get to know the guys. And uh, we still help them out. And we're glad to be a part of it. But we're also glad that they're doing it out there. And we are having Shift Weekly, Shift in Hot Springs, Shift in Horseshoe Bend. And as of CBQ, we had two people that want to do a shift in their church from two different places over Arkansas. And that's such a blessing. I think they kind of like us, and, and but they like the Christ in us, you know, and that's the important thing. We had fundraising, discipleship. I can't thank my team enough for how not only do they look out for the hurting and the broken and the addicted, but they look out for me. They take care of me, and I love them dearly, and I'm very proud of them. A lot of them have so many gifts that haven't even been let out yet, and I'm so excited about what God's going to do. Our focus is the church. Okay? I love this church. I got saved at this church. I'm all about missions. I'm all about reaching the drug addicts. But I'm all about God's church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're going to fill this church up. This church is a hospital. I love you, Cross Life Church. I love you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So this year, we're going to hit the projects. I need you to pray for Cleegy. Number one, she drives too fast. Number two. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm pushing her to do something that we're not going to talk a lot about that's going to stretch her like crazy. So I need you to pray for her because I've got, I've got some vision for, for, for her as a pastor of Cross Life Church that we're pushing her. So um, how many of y'all will commit to praying for her more this year, okay? Because she's going she's gonna to need it because I am pushing her as a good pastor should, amen? And so we're literally, I like what she said, she's about the church. We're, go, and I'm going to talk more about this later, the church is going to go into the world, and it's about to make real difference and changes in this city that God's called us to, and I think she's one of the spearheads to doing this, and so uh, let's just let's just honor her and shift life and uh, and do what God is doing, and uh, give him one more hand. Come here. Thank you. Andrew and Haley Ronalds, give Andrew a hand for the youth. Amen. Um, this Sunday, a year ago, we announced that they were the student pastors at Cross Life Church. So we're one year into it, and they have done a fantastic job. One more time, give them a hand. Good morning. Good morning. I don't know. Like I feel like I just chugged a pot of coffee just hearing about what God's doing with our body through our body. It just like, I'm like sitting there rock. If you're seeing me, I don't have ADD. I'm just excited about what God's doing in this church. Um, I, I get the joy of getting to share about our amazing teenagers and just the, 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 what God is doing in their life, what we get to see. Um, I'm going to start by talking about 2019. This year, I will say, has been one of the most amazing years for myself of course, but it has been one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen when it comes to the family and the community that has arisen and that, that has been developed in the student ministry and the, the freedom and worship. The, 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 with right at the beginning of the year, right when we first became the youth pastors, we, we sat down and, I, and I, showed them, I showed them this big dry erase board and I was like, okay, so there's so much of your time is already spoken for. And we got down to it where it was about, you know, there's about 20% of your life that's really you time, you know, and then, you know, for the parents in the room, I'm not talking to you. Um, there's 20%, five, yeah, it's down to like maybe two or three, 5%. Um, but for the students, you know, you got so much time that's spoken for, but what are you going to do with the time that's not spoken for? Are you going to just coast? Are you going to just swipe on your phone through, through your time? Are you going to do what other people are doing? Are you going to hang out? Or are you going to be intentional with your time when it comes to the Lord? So we, we, took, we took a stand right at the beginning of the year. We said, we are going to be more intentional when it comes to the thing of the Spirit. Not just in church, not just in the room, but we're going to be more intentional when it comes to outside, when it comes to waking up and worship, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to reading the Word, being about the Word. And I can tell you, they may not feel the most proud of themselves all the time. They may not feel like they have it together, and they think some of us do. But, you know, uh, but there's the thing is, is that I am so proud and honored to see what God has done in their lives. The, the, the worship, the amount of worship that rises forth. I don't know if any of you were looking at this front row. 
the energy, the, the, the passion for God's name, just in this front row, I got teenagers everywhere in here, but, but just, just this front row, the worship that springs forth from our teenagers is amazing, and I'm so proud to see what God's doing. We went to summer camp this year to Youth for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. We had an amazing encounter with God, and we're going again this year, and we're very excited. Um, it's a time where uh, we get to really dedicate some time to seeing and focusing on the power of God just in their lives. And, I mean, they're up till 2 in the morning worshiping and praying. At least the girls were. The guys were talking about riddles and stuff. Um, but um, we, going forward into 2020, I, I, got, I got a lot of passion. I got a lot of excitement. When it comes to this is that we, you know, the pastors love our alliterations. We love our little, you know, preachy moments and 2020 vision, you know, we're going to see the few, God's going to show the church his, his wonders. And I'm, look, I'm all about that. Let's, let's get it. But what we talked about this morning was uh, Jesus saying that he's the good shepherd. And we talked about, he said, my sheep know my voice. And what I, what my desire and my one fueling focus for 2020 with our student ministry is not, not so much the vision aspect of what's going on in our teenagers, but it's their knowing of his voice. A, a absolute passion to hear God's voice and be confident that they're hearing God's voice. When they go out and they're in their schools, they're with their friends, they're not going, should I pray for somebody? Should I, what, what does God think about me? What's going on in my life? No, they can hear God's voice and know it. And you know what? That is my passion for this church to have an absolute focus on the voice of a stranger we will not follow. We will flee from temptation. We will flee from those things, and we will be about the Father's business. The most amazing thing is when Jesus was baptized, God could have said anything to the people there. He could have, told, he could have said anything to the people there. He said, like, you know, this is the king and conquering guy. He's going to kick down doors. And, you know, he could have said, you know, y'all better watch out. And he could have also just picked him up and put him on the throne of the world and been like, there he is. That's Jesus. But what he did is he spoke over his son. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And from that word, from the hearing the voice of God, there was a ministry that was birthed forth. And I believe that for every single person here, that we're going into a, a season, a time, uh, this year, is I want the, the confidence in the voice of God to rise up. When my teenagers are praying for people, I want them to be roaring like lions. I want them to be so confident that when they go to pray, they're doing the will of God, that it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter who's going to stream it or what people will think or anything like that. We're going into a season of... And I, I, I really think, you know, I'm, this is my, my pastorism, the roaring 20s. I really believe it. I think that this is a season, this is a time that the church can claim the roar. It can claim the shout of heaven, and it can go forward, not afraid, not worried, not concerned about what people say or what people think, but we are so in communion with the Father, that all the people, all the detractors, all the people who had something to say about Jesus, it didn't matter because he was walking in the footsteps of his Father, and he was so confident. My sheep know my voice. Our teenagers are going to be doing some dangerous things this year. Dangerous 
in the kingdom. Because the sheep who know his voice and the voice of a stranger they don't follow, that means they can go out and they can do some things for the gospel, for the kingdom of God, that, that you know, we don't have to be worried about them. We don't have to be concerned because they're hearing God's voice. We don't have to pull them back. Oh, you got the junior Holy Spirit. Wait a second. Wait till you go to college. Wait till you... No, they're going to hear God's voice. And, and the, the, in the dangerous world they're in, the, 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 the wolves and all that won't matter because they've got a good shepherd and they're following his path. Give him a hand. Lysa, you and Sherry run up here real fast. Um, I'm going I'm to let you in on the, one of the most ridiculous questions I ever get asked. Should I make my kids go to youth? Christy, where do you live? Spearsville? How far away is that? 20-something miles? Huh? 30 minutes. Every Wednesday night, you work at the school there. Where do you work at? You work somewhere. What time do you get off work? 4.30 on a Wednesday. Gets off work, goes home, gets her three kids, three or four get ready, drives to church from 30 miles away to have their kids and youth. Why? Because our kids and youth is more important than our kids on Fortnite. Most ridiculous question I've ever heard in my life, should I have my kids and youth says. Well, moving on. Okay. They're going to talk to you about worship ministry. How many of y'all love our worship ministry? All right. They're going to talk to you just for a moment about what God's saying to them about worship when it comes to Cross Life Church. Real quickly, later. Quickly. Qu- quickly, quickly. Okay, good. I can be fast, maybe. Um, first of all, Andrew, you stole my word. Intentional was the big, like I was like, okay, what is going to be my, my word? Um, but uh, what I want to just encourage everyone is to be intentional in your pursuit of the Lord. Um, the Bible says, you know, that we're blessed when we seek him with our whole heart. And, um, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes trying to read my Bible and stuff, it can kind of be a struggle to like, you know, carve out time. You have to be intentional with your time with the Lord. But what I want to stress is that even if we sat down and studied our Bible for four, four hours every single day, would that ever feel like it was sufficient? It wouldn't. You would never feel like you were doing enough. But as you go through every day, God is in every detail of our lives. If we'll just slow down and pay attention to what he's doing and how he orchestrates things and how he puts people in our path, you can have a heart of worship. You can worship 24 hours a day. When you wake up in the morning, he can be the very first thought that's on your mind. When you close your eyes and every, everything in between. And so I just want to encourage y'all to just notice God in the little things because that's going, to stir up, that's going to stir up gratefulness in our hearts. And as a church body, if we all come in here grateful, we're going to be about to bust at the seams before the first note is even played. And so I just want to encourage y'all to just, just find, find God in the details. Seek him with all your heart. Every second of every day, just, just meditate on his goodness and on, on his wisdom. And just count on him for all of those things. And so I think when we all come prepared like that, it's going to just, I hate, I don't like the word next level. But it's, we, we won't have to prime the pump once we get here. We'll just be ready to just take off as a church body. Tag, you're it. And to pick up right where Lacey left off, intention. Jesus is coming back for a bride who's spotless and white. I'm looking forward to the day where the music stops 
And that's, why would a worship leader say that? Mom, looking forward for the day where the music stops and we're all on our face before the Lord crying, holy. That's my desire for us all. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and is to come. See, what we're doing in worship, yes, it gives praise and it gives honor, but it also takes our focus off of ourselves. For what do we have to give but Jesus? What do we have to give but honor? What do we have to give but glory to his name? For there is one who is found worthy, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. There is one called righteous. There is one who is holy. He makes no mistakes. Worship ministry. It's not about us. It's about him. And this is just a prelude. What we get to do every Sunday and every Wednesday, we get to practice what we will do for the eternity. And when God said he was coming back for a bride... You see, I used to think that God was, as long as we were in his presence and we were doing what we can and what we were reading our Bible, and we, he, was, he was preparing our gown for us. But the word says the bride makes herself ready. She makes herself ready. And so I believe worship is one of the most fundamental, important things because when we're in that moment of worship and our eyes are fixed and our gaze is cast upon, we are preparing our gown. And when the bride is ready, he will return. That's my focus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. One of my favorite, favorite Scriptures in the Bible is Revelation 4 when it talks about the throne of God. That's where my heart is because there's going to be a wedding one day. We're going to marry the lamb. And around the throne of heaven there are angels. There's a cloud of witnesses. There are four living creatures. And there's lots of things I don't understand about that throne and its happenings. But one thing I do know that here on earth we get to participate in and practice is saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. So cross life one day, the music is going to stop. And what words will you have? Come on. When there are no musicians or the music just stops, what is in your belly? Come on, come on. Give her a hand. Laura, would you come up real quickly? She's going to talk to you about prophetic ministry. Uh, one thing I'm realizing now is maybe I should just let all y'all preach throughout the year because y'all are rocking it. How many of y'all are hearing some good stuff this morning? 
Come up here, Laura. Mel, they lead our prophetic ministry. This is, had, this is uh, the first full year we've done this on Sunday mornings where we've met, and we get, a, we get from the prophetic team, the intercessors, uh, the worship team, we get the, a sense of what God is saying that morning. And much of the prayer focus and, and words that come forth out of church are birthed in the prophetic and the intercessors and the worshipers coming together and hearing the voice of God uh, as a team and saying, God, what do you want to do today? And so uh, I want her to speak a little bit about that and maybe what God has in their hearts for 2020. Good morning. Well, he just explained what we Hang do. On one second. Is, is, that, is that one? Check, check, check. Go ahead and bust that one up. And... Okay, so Sunday mornings, about four to seven of us get together during the Sunday school hour. And I asked them, what is the Lord talking to you about this morning? And it may be something that they that God has been talking to them about during their devotional time, during the week. Or it could be a vision they had that morning or a dream or something like that. And so um, we just all share. And then um, it's really neat how... Uh, God talks to, I mean, there's usually a common theme, um, and we're all surprised every time, even though that's just usually how it works. Um, and God is faithful. He is, I'm never worried, oh, what's it going to be like this morning? No, God is faithful, um, and he, he speaks if we ask. Um, and so Melanie is going to give you an example of one time that the Lord um, used that time to... Um, to bless us as a church. So um, one day um, during the week, I was standing in my kitchen, just cooking dinner for my family, kids around my feet, husband, what are we eating for dinner? And I suddenly had a major panic attack. Like I could not stand up. I was bowed over, couldn't breathe, didn't know whether I was gonna throw up or pass out first or do both at the same time. And I was like, I said, I literally said, whoa, stop. Lord, what are you telling me? See, the thing about living so close to his heart, you hear the prayers of other people. So um, he told me that I needed to pray for the people who in this church who are suffering from, from anxiety attacks, depression, things like this. So I go in with what the Lord has showed me and Laura and I think Dana and some other people were, were having the same issues that, that week. So we said, this is, we, that was very obvious. That's what the Lord had wanted to do that morning was to set people free from the panic attacks and anxiety that they were having. And Pastor Chester led everyone up here and we began to pray. And then we heard testimonies of people getting healed from anxiety, depression, and, and things like that. Um, I just want to encourage you, too, um, that we rely 100% on the Holy Spirit. And um, every morning when I, or Sunday mornings when I wake up at 4, sometimes my daughter hears me stir, and she'll get up, and I bring her in with me to pray and ask and seek the Lord's heart for this church. So it's, I want to encourage you to really incorporate your children in your prayer time and your worship time. There was a one time she came with me and she was singing a song like this six-year-old who has, a, yeah, she's six, who has speech problems will sing a prophetic song and I clearly understand her. And um, during this time of worshiping, 
and asking the Lord about everyone here, my family here, she got saved and spirit-filled. And so it's it just, you know, because she's family um, with everyone here. And so um, there was also another time where she came to me and was telling me what the Lord was saying that morning. So I... <laughs> I think it's really important that we incorporate our children because they don't have a mini Holy Spirit. They are full of the same Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. It's important to me that ministry reflects the principles of the word. Be led by the spirit so you don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Church looks fleshly because it's not led by the Spirit. Ministries are ministering to flesh because they're not being led by the Spirit. So, and the reason I, I emphasize a lot of time the prophetic ministries because I, I don't have the monopoly in what the Holy Spirit's saying. And it's important that we are, that the Holy Spirit is guiding the church. Amen? And so it's important that we, now the, the, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. They don't, if, if Laura says, hey, let's paint the sanctuary purple, we're going to verify with the Holy Ghost, right? And so uh, it, more like pink. Anyway, so the point is, is that uh, it's important that the church is led by the spirit. I'm going to, I know it's late. I know you're tired. I know you want China buffet. Give me about 15 more minutes and let me just set something and then we can go. Everybody surviving? Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay. 2019, we had some highlights. Number one, there was a theology shift, I believe, that happened this year. The theology shift went from an idea of a man-centered gospel into a Christ-centered gospel. That shift didn't happen in, uh, it happened in me. You hearing me? It happened in me. It happened in us. I'm not talking about uh the past, I'm talking about right now, I saw too much in Chester that was about him and was about Cross Life Church rather than building the kingdom of God and rather than sitting Christ on his throne and looking toward him. Amen? And so the deal is, is that we saw some shift theology-wise, and it's not like do we believe in uh the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not anymore. It's not, are we predestined or not predestined? I'm not talking about that kind of theology. I'm talking about an approach to God that is God first and man second, which is actually drastically different than what the church looks like today. And so we're, we're reappropriating our theology. Um, one thing I want to say is we had, over, we had 15 people baptized this year. And a lot of those people that were baptized this year actually stayed in church. We're proud about that. If you, let's just do something real quickly. If you were not going to Cross Life Church a year from ago from today, or you started coming back from being gone for a while, would you just stand up real quickly? Stand up, all the guys. Right, give them a hand. Give them a hand, give them a hand. All right, you may be seated. If you don't know these people that stood up, they're really cool, except for the fireman. He's not cool. But everybody else, I'm kidding, buddy. But everybody else, like, they're really cool people. Get to know them. Learn their names, okay? Um, we talked, I took one Wednesday night out of every month, and we talked about marriage. I hope your marriage is a little stronger. If it's not, it's not because we didn't try. 
We, taught, we did a Sunday school, not a Sunday school class, we did a class on Wednesday night called Jesus in the Deep. We're going to pick that up this coming Wednesday night. This is a deep, this is not Christianity one-on-one. This class has been pretty much full every week, maybe exception of one or two weeks, and people who are hungry to go after the deeper things of God. Matt, how many of y'all remember Matt's focus this year when he preached? Holy Ghost. He preached every sermon I can remember him preaching except something about a toaster and do you boo. Uh, other than that, he preached every sermon this year about the Holy Spirit. Okay, how many of y'all remember that do you boo? And what was what the, what the toaster have to do with anything? It just makes me hungry. Okay. Anyway, and then uh, one important thing that we started this year that that is just was birthed, and I feel and it's gonna get something that's gonna be more. Uh, prevalent in our in our future as a church, and that was a ministry that uh, Miss Tina is doing called Sozo. Okay, and uh, if you know if you want Sozo, I want you to come see her. What is Sozo? If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's an inner healing ministry. Some people we go through some things in life, and we just need some help processing, hearing the voice of God. Uh, uh, and so. It's inner healing ministry. It's akin. It's not the same thing as deliverance, but it's sort of like that. And she's about to jump back on that bandwagon and and get that going uh, real strong again. So talk to her if you're interested in learning more about that. Now, some great things. We had uh, David Hogan here on a Thursday night. The place was packed. We had we had just lots of great things that happened this year. I'm, I, I'm, that's great. Praise God. 2020 is a, the vision is not just for the year. It's, I'm, I'm trying to plant a seed for a decade. There's a scripture. Everybody knows it, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a good scripture. I'm not trying to hate on a scripture. Most people in this room, it's probably the second most popular scripture after John 3, 16. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I need, I, need to, I need to tell you something. Number one, that scripture wasn't given to an individual. Scripture was given to a nation. But we try to apply it to our lives as individuals. Does God have a plan for your life? Yes. yes. But the Western church is consumed with heaven. What can you do for my life? What is your plan for me? What is my destiny? What is my purpose? Why am I here? I want to fall in love with the plan, the purpose, and the will of God for Eldorado, Arkansas, Union County, the state of Arkansas, and beyond. It is a shift instead of saying, God, what do you want to do with my life? To say, God, what can my life do for your will? I got to, no preaching, no preaching. I want a decade where we become infatuated with the will of heaven, the will of God. Uh-huh. What can we do for your will? There's an interesting verse in, in the New Testament where, because this is a family here, right? Right? There's an interesting verse in the New Testament where Jesus is in his, in his hometown and he's preaching, teaching, healing the sick. The place is crowded and 
his mother is trying to get into the room. His mother and his brothers are trying to get into the room. My mic just went weird. Hallelujah. It just went all weird. Uh, anyway, there's this weird, there's this not weird scripture. The scripture is not weird. <laughs> but anyway, he's in this house, and and it, his family can't. I'm going to have to change my, I can't hear myself talking anymore. I'm going to try this one over here. Testing one, two, three, one, two, three. No better? Yeah, that's much more better. More better. No more better? Okay. Not better? How many of this one worse? <laughs> this one better? What do you say? This one more better? No better? More better? This checked one, two. No? Hallelujah. This is the test. This is only a test. <laughs> Check two. Now, how many of y'all are raised in church? All y'all AG people got that, didn't you? Check, 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 check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check.
was doing better this way. <laughs> Except I'm seeing black spots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and church is going to be about doing the will of God. Now that's going to, buy, listen, listen. If church has morphed into a thing that is primarily about us, then to make it again about primarily, primarily about the will of God, it's going to by necessity have to look a little different. So in 2020, a vision for God's purpose in El Dorado, Arkansas. How can we win a city? What is God's plan for a city? Go throughout your Bible, and I dare you to find a church that was named after its local congregation. It was always named after the body of Christ in a city. What is the will of God for the church of El Dorado, Arkansas? I want to serve that. And if I find myself serving that, he's probably going to use me to do some pretty amazing things. Let's read one vision, or let's read one scripture, Ephesians 3, 8. Just throw it up there real fast for me. I'm, I'm almost done. To me, this is Paul speaking, the very least of all saints, this grace was given. See, again, just the mindset of Paul is I'm the least of all saints rather than a church mindset today that tries to tell you you're the best things in sliced bread. It's hard to serve a greater vision when you're constantly having to puff yourself up into something big. It's quiet. To preach, that word is the Greek word evangelize. Evangel I can't say it in Greek, but it's the Greek word to evangelize. To take the gospel to the nations. That word Gentiles is nation to the nations, the unfathomable riches of Christ. To take them something, uh, many versions said, say immeasurable riches of Christ. Something that cannot be produced within yourself, but must be produced by the witness of heaven. Immeasurable must meet our place in eternity right here. Okay, and, and bring to light, that is revelation. It's evangelize and then to put light in a place that was once darkness. And to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which, which, which for ages has been hidden. That word ages is ion. That's the time before time began. Since the ion of time, there is this mystery and this plan. I've preached on it several times. You don't know what I'm talking about. Go back and listen to it. And for the mystery which was ages had been hidden in God who created all things. All the way from the creation, there was a plan. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known because it has been presented, uh, the good news, the gospel, and it has brought light into darkness, might be now made known through the... Point at your neighbor. Point at everybody in this room. Through us, the church... God wants to make this mystery known through us. This is one reason, I'm not going to do this every year, this one reason I have, I think, 10 or 12 people up here presenting about how to take light into darkness and the, the worst parts of town and the worst areas of life and addiction into teenagers who are, who are, who, who are committing and, and attempting suicide at, at, at the most alarming rate in our history. To children who are who are who are the attendance fluctuates weekly by whose parent is it taking light into darkness? You see what I'm saying? And that's the functions we have in the church. I'm saying we need to get mindset that we need to bust out of these walls and we need to take the light into uh, 
where should be the most lit up place, spiritually speaking, in Eldorado, Arkansas? You're probably in the building. I don't think it's the will of God to try to get darkness to come to light. This place, this, I mean, heaven's open. We felt the Holy Ghost this morning. I think it's the will of God for us to take the light. You are the light of the world. Take the light into a, a city on a hill. Take a light into a city. Take a light to the city. So the manifold wisdom of God being made through the church to the rulers and authorities in, in, in heavenly places, uh, verse 11, this was in accordance with the eternal purposes, the will of God carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to see the eternal purposes of God fulfilled in our city. If I'm seeing the will of God and the eternal purposes fulfilled in our city and we're a part of it, pretty much means Cross Life Church is in the will of God. We're doing the will of God for Cross Life Church if we do the will of God. Amen? I'm going to preach more of that in the future. The budget, just practically, some practical things. Um, in 2019, we actually would surprise you at how well we did in the budget. We stayed in the black more than Mark, Matt, and Danny have told me. We stayed in the black more this year than we could than we remember in a long time. Black is good. Okay? I would like, uh, if, if you would like to see a copy of 2020's upcoming budget, Matt, Pastor Matt, he will get, provide you a copy if you'd like to see that. So if that's something you're interested in seeing, then you can go find Pastor Matt. Right now, we're currently working on our church bylaws, updating this. The elders, Pastor Matt, and myself had been meeting. We've already got about three or four hours in of updating the church bylaws that have not been updated since 1996, which is way before uh, Second Baptist Church became Cross Life Church. And so we're going to update all those things. If you are interested in any of that, have any questions about any of that, you can ask myself, Pastor Matt, or any of the elders about that. Quick note, church history. This is cool. June 1909, a group of men and women met in a southern part of the city and set up a temporary organization which culminated into the founding of Second Baptist Church. If you're here and you only know this place is Cross Life Church, it was formerly known as Second Baptist Church. A group of people started meeting in 1909. Uh, brother, I have no idea who these people are. If you know them or their family, and I'm, and I mispronounced their name, I'm sorry. L.L. Decou, I'm believing he's French or Cajun. Decou, Decou. And the, the late brother George W. Mason were leaders. The late Dr. T.D. Brown, pastor of First Baptist Church. And the other First Church members were uh, a source of great help. The church was proper and organized. It became a church Sunday, January the 7th, that is this coming week, in 1923, which would make uh, this week Cross Life Church is 97 years old. It's kind of cool. So, in about three years, we're going to have a party. Okay? And we're going we're gonna to have a party. Like it's 1990. All right, anyway, so moving on. 
Um, after the preliminary work of organization was completed, Reverend Alex McPherson was called as the first pastor uh, at the evening service, February 18th, 1923. A motion prevailed that the new church would be known as Second Baptist Church. Soon after the organization of the church, a building committee was uh, selected to take care of the erection of the building of the new church. The first Baptist church is starting a building program. The old Baptist, uh, the old building had to be removed, and this was given to the new church if they could remove it. And it served as a place of worship for many years. Though the old First Baptist Church was where this church met for many years. I'm just giving you all a little history. How many of y'all knew this stuff? That's what I thought. <laughs> you lie. Yeah. The membership grew steadily and the church became known as the, let's, 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 let's resurrect this. The membership grew steadily and the church became known as the friendly church. <laughs> Smile. You go to the friendly church. Some of y'all don't know it, but you go to the friendly church. <laughs> the friendly church. With the constitution of the construction of an educational the construction of an educational building in 1928 and the enlargement of the auditorium in 1934, the needs were not met. In February 1944, the congregation voted to move from the old Washington Street side to a new location in Combs, second edition. The different committees were, author were authorized, and our present project started in 1946 with groundbreaking services on the Easter Sunday of 1948. This location, the building, was begin to be built. It's kind of cool, huh? November 14, 1956, the church voted to build and finish the present auditorium that you're standing in right now. This thing has been here since 1956, and it's holding together, sort of. All right. How many of y'all think that's cool? So do not let me forget, three years, we're going to have a 100-year celebration, and uh, everybody's going to get a new car. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say real quickly as we're wrapping up, you have any questions about what goes on at Cross Life Church? Any questions whatsoever? My door is always open. Anybody who spoke this morning, you can ask them any questions about that, that particular ministry you want to ask them. You have any questions and you and maybe it's kind of a, a touchy question, you don't necessarily want to talk to me. First of all, I'd like for you to pray about that and come talk to me. But second of all, you can talk to Pastor Matt. Now, Pastor Matt can be a jerk sometimes. That's a Wyoming thing, okay? And so if you don't want to talk to him, give me my, I want all the elders that are present to come down real quick. All the elders that are present. Mr. T. Mike was here earlier. And uh, they probably had a family bunch of great. So they all were here at one point. Now, Danny? Oh, Danny's up here? Okay, very good. Mark, isn't he, isn't he the most handsome elder? <laughs> you can talk to these guys. We meet every Sunday night, the second Sunday of every Sunday night, and we try to, we, 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 we do some praying, but we discuss what God's doing across Life Church, and we handle business and this kind of thing. Um, these guys have already spent multiple hours this year working on the bylaws, and uh, just we're working on different various projects. If you have any questions, you can ask them questions. They're not going to try to just 
just tell you the company line, they're going to take to heart your questions, and they're going to try to find answers if they don't know the answers. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Before you today have stood so many people, leading ministries, helping lead the church, uh, Going on mission trip, first mission trip to Civic U, wasn't it? Okay, going on mission trip, doing, uh, serving. Almost everybody, except for uh, three or four people who came up to today, are volunteer staff people and volunteer elders. They're not getting paid to do this, okay? And, and, they, and they do it with all their heart. And they do it with all their soul. Why? Because the ministry of Cross Life Church the church belongs to Jesus, but the ministry of Cross Life Church, it belongs to you. It belongs to them and belongs to, to all of us. I'm a part of it, but it's not my church. Hmm, no, Jesus' church. And it's our responsibility to take that light and to be the church. Amen? But so many people, if I took the time to go through the room and talk about so many of you who serve, so many of you who give up your, your time, your treasure, your talents to help make this church what it is, it'd take us all day. And it's already taken us a long time just to do a fraction of it. But I want you to know, 2019, maybe in your personal life, was hard. It, always, it wasn't always the funnest thing on a ministry standpoint, but it was a good year. But I have, I can honestly say this. God is having, and, and I'm not saying this to be super spiritual. God is, is having to say, Chester, be quiet. Don't talk too much. I have more vision busting in my spirit about what I see for the decade of the next 10 years of this church that I'm actually afraid to let it out too fast because there was this young man who talked about this dream that God gave him and his brother sold him into slavery. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I have more vision about what I see, and it scares the bejesus out of me. I'm like, God, if you're going to do this, it's going to have to be you. But I'm, I kind of think he's going to do this. So I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about it, the roaring 20s. Amen? If you're excited, would you stand up on your feet too? Just hang out, guys. Real quickly, who wants to pray just over the, over the body real quick? Anybody? This body or the whole body? <laughs> Either one. Either one. Well, Father God, you are a good God. And Lord, you brought this church um, a long way. Uh, road's not always been easy. Uh, at times it's been very hard. But you've continued to keep your hand uh, on this church uh, as it progressed and moved along the path that you laid. Lord, we pray in this new year for the um, vision not of man, but the vision of the Holy Spirit. Uh, to be revealed uh, in the leadership and in the fellowship of this church. Yes. Lord, that uh, each person would see their part, yes. um, that each person might take up the individual cross that uh, you've given them. And Lord, uh, 
as you told us each to take up our cross each day, Lord, that uh, that might be revealed to us and that we might be confident, uh, our faith might be applied, and that we might walk out the plan that you have laid out for us. Yes. And Lord, that this church will grow, your church will grow, uh, and that those boundaries will fall that, that are holding people away from each other throughout the city. Uh, that you'll break down that and help us all to see our brotherhood in you. And we thank you so much for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to ask you to do one more thing before you leave. So many times we come to a church service and we walk out and it just kind of it gets left. You know what I'm saying? We don't think about it anymore. Meditate. Think about what you heard today. Think about it for a little bit this week. You, you saw a whole family get baptized in an incredible testimony of healing. You saw, you heard testimony about people being saved in this church, baptized, people being saved out there. You heard testimonies about us taking the gospel to Indian Reservation. Uh, you, you heard so much cool things. Teenagers, youth, you heard how the community is partnering with us to see. We you heard so many cool things. Amen? Think about those. If you begin to think about what God is doing here, it's probably going to make you feel pretty good about Cross Life Church. Amen? I love you. I love his church. I love his body. I thank God for a family. I thank God for a friendly church. So be friendly. Hug somebody's neck. I love you. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. We hope that this message from Cross Life Church was a blessing and encouragement to you. If we can pray for you or help in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.